Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, where you find myself, Catherine Whitaker, David Law, um, in the basement, in the bowels of a pub. It's a pub podcast. Yes. Unfortunately, it is pre... Oh, no, it's post-midday, controversially, because I was late for this recording. Yeah, you were. Um, one of many reasons why this could end up being an in- <laughs> an interesting podcast this week. Um, yeah, but uh, we are in the bowels of a pub with orange juice and Coke and... Yeah. and- and tennis to talk about. Here to talk about tennis. Here to talk about tennis, uh, of which there has been much this week um, on both the men's and the women's side of things, because obviously we have had Zhuhai, the WTA Elite Trophy, this week. It is it is a very much, it's a great event. It's Still off. don't get it, though, it, uh, do uh, it's an after the Lord Mayor's show thing completely, but the WTA have announced that the schedule will change yeah. next year. And... I, I think that will make it make sense. To, I, I think the the timeline, the positioning of it in the calendar prevents it from making any sense yeah. to anyone. It anyway. certainly improves things, the fact that it is after, that it is before the WTA finals. It's a little prelude. It's a little warm-up. It's almost like the, what the next-gen final. I know it's not the same concept. It's second tier rather than youth, but it's a similar sort of prelude-type vibe, isn't I it? Sh- Appetiser. I just still feel a bit wound up by the fact that this is on paper an amazing event. The lineup was incredible this year with mm. Garcia and and Muguruza and Sabalenka and Ash Barty ended up winning it and, and you, two you know, Chinese players as well. And, and playing, yeah, I, you know, in China. I didn't watch brilliant. any of it, and, and maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's. I did watch a bit of it, but but maybe that's a reflection on me. Maybe I'm the problem. But why don't I watch it? Well, will we next year though? Will it change next year, and will we I watch don't know. it? I, think I, I still feel that what they should do is the winner of it should get entry into Singapore. Yeah, well, exactly that. You know, if you if you have like that, Greg. That's I do his sound, line. well, well, definitely. <laughs> uh, if I, I mean, if if they did that, a, a, a lot of people would say, well, that's not fair because all these people all year long. But actually, you know, it is kind of fair. Uh, isn't I, feel it? This, I feel the same about Milan. Milan, but the this, winner should get entry. But this into... is more fair because if you think about it, this is for players ranked nine to yeah. sixteen. So if you just literally cut off one ahead and said, right, the top seven qualify for the WCA finals, and the eighth qualifier comes from the Zuhai field, yeah. that'd be awesome. Absolutely, and it instantly gives it relevance. Instantly, would make a lot of people tune in. Who wouldn't want Ash Barty to have played in Singapore? Let's check what Grad Matt thinks of that. What do you think, Grad Matt? Oh, blimey, this is my Cue, yeah. I, yeah. What do you I think? deliberately didn't intro. Well, Brad I want to know Mack what he thinks. I was going to do a big build up. But he's sitting he right just, here. I want to know what he thinks. I did have a, I had a build up planned, Matt. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'll yeah. never hear. Are you on board get. with that? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, 
what is good is that you know that the player who's won Zuhai would be in form and would take yeah. good form into what Shenzhen it would be next year, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, yeah Ash Barty, who incidentally won the WTA Elite Trophy. Let's go back in time now and transplant her into the Singapore field. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. An informed yeah. Ashbarty in that Singapore field. Yeah, very good. I know that it's it's a difficult one to answer. Would you want that? Because it would it, it would it would have come at the expense of Kiki Burns, wouldn't it? Who had a great Singapore. Really well. um, so it's nothing personal to Kiki, but that would have been great. Yeah, attention authorities. And what what do you think? Um, seeing as seeing as you've gazumped my Matt intro, well, we'll just, do that again and pretend. So am I allowed to just do the podcast with Matt now? Yes, <laughs> it's already better, isn't it? Um, what do you think about the winner of Milan getting a a ticket to London? Um, I'm less on board with that idea. I must say, I think um, I quite. I think the way they have Milan at the moment with all these experiments going on, it's it's more difficult to gauge whether that player is necessarily ready for the tour finals. And, you know, let's say someone a bit rogue wins Milan and then they get thrown into... Who would be a rogue winner of Milan this year? Me. Her, 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 her catch. Yes, him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. No. H- no. Huey, I think, is what the... The ATP call him Huey Hercatch. Yeah. There yeah. are definitely a couple there that Watch I'm that thinking, name. Who's, who's that? <laughs> yes, I saw the I saw their selfie. Haume Munar. Wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. Tell me all about Haume Munar. But isn't He's this the good Spanish? thing about it? So suddenly <laughs> these lads get their moment in the sun. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant, but I think, but I think probably yeah. people would rather see Denis Shapovalov than Huey Hercatch. Yeah. Bless him. But then let's say... Hercatch won Milan, suddenly he's in London. Suddenly Huey Hercatch And he's playing Djokovic. <laughs> in the World Tour Finals, earning, what, 200 grand per victory? Or yeah. Something. I mean, great, but... <laughs> great, but no. I'm yeah. quite liking all this. <laughs> um, we'll come on to talk about uh, the next-gen finals. Um, all We'll do plenty of look-ahead stuff, but first of all, a look back to Paris, to the final ATP Masters 1000 event of the season one by Karen Hachanov, who I'm very delighted that that is somebody whose name pronunciation I have taken the time to learn. Although I did, I did hear people saying Hachanov. Hachanov. No, I have. Don't, don't make me do this, but I have a recording <laughs> on my phone, David, of Karen Hachanov saying his own name. Can you play it? Not right now. Not right. Okay. Not right now. Okay. Right. Fine. But well, uh, listen, if there's it. listener demand for it, I will. I will make it available on some. We can. We can put it out into the universe. So yeah. I have. I have learnt from. So say it literal again. master Karen Hachanov. Oh, it sounds sounds good. Better than my Karen Kachanov. Karen one. Kachanov, which also si- silent great. K is a, Brad Gilbert's best ever nickname for a player. <laughs> That's what he calls him. Oh, does he? Yeah. It's a great nickname. Yeah, that is yeah. good, yeah. You know. It's like the um, Silent H's. That was the Vlachkova Radechka um, women's doubles partnership. Oh. They were affectionately known as the Silent H's. I see. Right. So I, th- I, f- I think he's borrowed from that. Anyway. Well, well Kalen done, Brad. Kalen 7-5-6-4 in the final yes. over Novak Djokovic, a final mm. which even the greatest respecters of... Karen Hachinov's talent, and I would probably put myself in that category. I really revised my opinion of him after the Nadal match at yes, the US yeah. Open hugely. I still didn't give him a chance against Djokovic, even a Djokovic suffering from flu. 
which you've correctly adjusted in our agenda, David, to man flu. Yeah. Because if you've got the flu, you ain't playing tennis, even if you're someone as superhuman as Novak Djokovic. Yes. Man flu can be awful, mate, but it is man flu. Why is it called that? Let's not get into this. <laughs> right. Uh, except I know for a fact that I've definitely uh, been guilty of saying I've got flu when I clearly haven't <laughs> yeah. in the past. You've got the um, flu, you ain't getting out There is a big misunderstanding. Um, yeah, so... Hold on a minute. Here's Karen Hatchinov's pronunciation of his name. Can I get that to play? No, I can't. Anyway, we've, we've, had, uh, we've had Catherine, so it's miles better. Um, the Hearing it from me, is pr- it's practically the horse's mouth. It is. Um... The cue a tidal wave of people t- t- tweeting in <laughs> to say she's got it wrong. The the, right. the performance that that, that he put in was was really something, and in fact the whole week wasn't it? Because he beat Zverev on the way. He beat Dominic Team. Who was the other one he, he beat? He crushed now. Zverev. Yeah, oh, we did. Yeah, it was one it and two. Close. It was. It, there was never a moment where it was close. Zverev apparently had a bit of a shoulder he injury. Did. Yeah, um, yeah. and he didn't quite look himself. I mean, he plays a lot. He's another one who just plays so much tennis. And I'm not trying to say, oh, well, he would have won, etc. Because, because, but at this, don't you think, David? At this time of year, there's an asterisk ne- next to every single player. It is a limp towards the finish line. Well, there were so many it, people that were listed as having won their first Masters 1000 event in Paris. Mm. Well, we we live commentated a lot of that list yes. during last week's podcast, didn't we? A reminder of you know David Ferrer. Mm. I'd completely forgotten that David Ferrer, um, and he beat. Jerzy Janovic in the final, who was wow. who won. Who, Remember who, him? How much of a blast from the past. Who had, is that? who had that run, didn't he? And his yeah, Tim Hemman, Greg Rosetsky, Joe Wilfred Songer. Yeah, Jack Sock, Soderling. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is one of those that it's the end of the season. Everybody's knackered. The usual runners and riders. There's a bit of them. I mean, a lot of them have typically not played it because they've already qualified for the O2. This time, the, it was shown that many more did. First time or it would have been <laughs> had Nadal not pulled out but there was a brief moment there when it was going to be the first time that Nadal Federer and Djokovic had been in a draw together since Indian Wells 2017 obviously of that, a Masters of a Masters yeah. yeah sorry yeah obviously that that is a redundant stat but yeah. for a brief period <laughs> last week before Nadal pulled out it was a great stat mm. yeah I, I just feel that, that yes there is that but at the same time he's been building to this win has oh yeah off. i don't know about you he was he was a year ago he was 45 in the world he's now 11 in the world i didn't really see this coming a year ago if you'd have said if you'd have lined up the people that that were the next big thing that were going to break through on this sort of level i'd have put loads of people ahead of him including uh one of our personal favorites denis shapovalov um at the he's tired at the him. next gen finals um chung won of course and he did do brilliantly Chung's straight had afterwards surgery, though. yeah he's had surgery and, and look he has made his splash this year he beat Djokovic in australia he reached the semis he was excellent but it's it's Sitsipas and it's hachinov that are the ones that just have made you stop in your tracks a bit and both of those have performed better than i would have expected and um, both of them have beaten Djokovic. Yeah. Crucially, yeah, the only which, two since as you Wimbledon. tweeted, Matt, f- does feel significant, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I think, you know, they've had that big win now, so we're going to expect more of them. But I think, for me, it's more of they're playing Djokovic without the baggage that Nishikori, Dimitrov, that sort of group of players 
when they go on to court against Djokovic, against Nadal, Federer, you don't have a lot of confidence, really, because we've seen it. We've seen it before, and they don't have the tools necessarily to beat these guys, or the mental strength, or whatever it is. But Tsitsipas went out there in Toronto. Okay, Djokovic was a bit rusty, perhaps hadn't played since Wimbledon, but took his game to him, beat him. Hachanov, or however, however we're pronouncing <laughs> I'll it. I'll accept it, Matt. I'll accept it. <laughs> um, he did the same, and it was really impressive. And yeah, I think it's almost a shame he doesn't doesn't have more tournaments at the end of this year to keep this no, and, and actually yeah. run going. It, I, a bit, I would, but. I would. Re- it reminds me a little of Caroline Garcia a year ago, mm. who broke through and had had that incredible run, managed to to reach the WTA finals, and then this year hasn't been able to back it up on the same level. Um, and you kind of you kind of think it's going to happen, and it doesn't. I'm not saying that that will be yeah. the case. It's almost like he needs to not go on a Maldives holiday and just sort of keep playing tennis yeah. instead. Well, Maybe but, you he, know. Uh, well, Grigor Dimitrov did that a bit last year, didn't he? And that didn't did work out he? too well. Yeah, he just went straight onto the practice court. He did not go on a Maldives. No, either. he went straight from O2 success to practice court, didn't he, Matt? Right. Then. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Didn't work that's out. That's a very poor well. advert. For yeah. <laughs> yes. So everyone should be in procedure. the Maldives. Go and get yeah. on a beach, Karen. I remember a year ago when he played the the next gen finals a year ago, Hatchinov. I remember him having that headset coaching session with Galo Blanco in which he said how tired he felt mm. how exhausted he felt and, and he's this beast of a guy yeah. even though that he's young even a year ago at 21 he's 22 now I think mm. um, yeah, which is what happens over the course of a year you age by one year yeah because he's no longer next gen is he yeah, yeah. unlike Zverev he's sure been I'm... conveniently left out of all the next gen finals <laughs> yeah. they're just pretending he doesn't qualify anymore I'm fairly sure I'm aging at a couple of years at a time um, at the moment yeah I mean he's this beast of a guy and sort of has been Always, mm-hmm. it seems. I'd love to see pictures of him when he was like 15. Yeah, you can't, was he always barrel He's never been and, a child, has no, he? No, <laughs> you no. Know, He's like reverse Tim Henman. Tim Henman still looked like a 15-year-old when he retired. Alex Dimonor is going to look <laughs> yeah. 18 when um, he's 50. So, yeah, this big hulk of a boy... Yeah. saying, oh, I'm a bit tired. It felt really odd, didn't it? Yeah, but, mm. but he, uh, the things in, in the final, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. You, you mentioned that Djokovic, well, he had been complaining of, of a cold all week long and he'd had that three-hour epic against yeah. Federer. Um, so how much do you read into that in terms of what ended up happening in the final? I, I think this, it's certainly part of it. Mm. I, I think that if this match took place at the o- in the final of the O2 for instance I know it can't but it, let's say Hachinov played him and got through to, to a final of that or the final of a slam I do not see him beating Djokovic I, I just think Djokovic is a different player he's learnt how to peak these the greats of the game learn how to peak at the biggest tournaments and and you wouldn't give him any chance not no, even having seen what you saw I'd give him a about chance. his I just right. I just think well, he would have less of a chance in those of course. than he would I'm not sure anyone would disagree with that I mean all of the best players are better at slams yeah they, mm. but it, but isn't it interesting how that works that they've learnt how to peak and that they are the same human being they still want to win in the Paris final but they're yeah. more formidable as a player when they get to the biggest stage. I think Matt's point about the baggage is so crucial. Um, Now, David and I had a quite heated argument on WhatsApp in the week. Yeah. About, um, which is why we brought Matt in to mediate this podcast. (laughs) We had some periods of radio silence thereafter, (laughs) didn't we? In which we weren't talking to each other and we swore. One of us did. Uh, No. No. 
FFS is not swearing, well, David. Well, when you know what it means, it is. <laughs> it's not swearing. But anyway, we'll it's let it go. It's mum swearing. Yeah, okay. Um, because I said it all started, it all started after the Chilich Djokovic match yeah. when I said Chilich choked. Yeah. This feels like podcast therapy. Yeah. And I stand by that. I yes. think Chilich choked. In well, that we, match. this is three one in the deciding set. Has, he started, he started, it is, that's, you know, and you can see it happening to him. He's got all the, te- he doesn't even disguise it because he's got all those tells on his service motion. You can see exactly what he's th- feeling. He's thinking, Christ alive, I'm 3-1 up against Novak Djokovic. I'm playing really well. I'm playing well enough to win it. I can only blow it from here. Q, double faults. And Djokovic is looking at him thinking he's doing an extra wiggle on his knee before his serve. He's feeling it. I'm going to take an extra step in on serve. I'm going to really pile the pressure on. And you said, and subsequently said on Twitter, which I found particularly objectionable, that um, you're so fed up with all these people not giving Djokovic the credit he deserves by saying everyone chokes against him. Well, it can be both true that Djokovic was absolutely brilliant and that Chilich choked because Djokovic is the master of making people choke and exploiting them when they are choking. Mm. And maybe that's a style of play that we don't give enough credit to because, hey, 14 Grand Slam titles, it is immensely successful. Um, but I, both those things can be true. You can give Djokovic incredible credit. Because, and it's that baggage. I think the baggage is almost more critical for a player like that playing Djokovic than anyone else because of the yeah. pressure, the absolute pressure you are always under. He's not giving you anything. Federer, his first, he played, he played a great match. By and large, it's positives for Federer. But his first double fault of the match came in the deciding set mm. tiebreak. Case closed. That's it. To, to, it's not the greatest choke of all time it's not going to feature in our in our debates about choking but that is a little choke right there yes it is a little choke uh i i would say i mean look i i agree that with the baggage argument i agree obviously we've been talking for you've been detailing matt the, the number of letdowns chilich has had from um, winning positions far more stark than that one um i just feel that with Djokovic, i think he extracts chokes from players more than anybody else Abs- we're making the same point here david but i completely I the, agree the, the trigger is the master i of think it. the trigger reaction for most people is to look at the opponent and their failings before they look at Djokovic and what he does to them possibly possibly because it's easier to you know you know Djokovic spying the fact that Chilich is getting the yips on his serve and taking an extra half step in on the return is sort of quite difficult to sum that up in an easily it's the, rel- it's the relentlessness of Absolutely. Djokovic that just eventually weighs on opponents and it does make them Absolutely, fail. but I don't think that takes away from Djokovic to 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 point out the fact that a huge weapon in his game is the extraction and exploitation it doesn't, of jokes. It doesn't but people tend to make that point less than looking at the opponent's failings. Possibly. I would say, particularly when Federer is around. Most people will look at Federer and say, oh, he blew it. And I think, well, I think he often, if you look at the history of matches he's had against Djokovic, he's, he's usually been made to blow it. But, we're, but, but we do make, we do talk, I, I think, more than any other sport, or certainly as much as any other sport, about the mental side of the game. We do give appropriate credit to the significance of the mental side of the game and that's all it is you know we it's it's Djokovic being 
the greater mentally. I believe that's what won him the match against Federer. I thought if someone's going to blink here, it is far more likely to be Federer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a hundred times more likely to be Marin Cilic, unfortunately for Cilic at the moment, than it is to be Novak Djokovic. What, what do you think about what, this, what we're discussing? The thing I would add with Djokovic is that because he's so strong on return, there's absolutely no let up when you play him. You have to concentrate. You have to try and look for a break because Djokovic's serve is very underrated, and he, he he does sort of cru he does that thing of cruising through service games, building pressure. And then when he it's come for him to return, he's just as effective there. So you've got sort of double. You've got normally you can feel comfortable against someone in your own service games, but with Djokovic you just can't. And even when someone like Chilich goes up a break against Djokovic, you think, well, this isn't done because Djokovic is going to create chances and. Yeah, as we're saying, he, he gives you, he makes you choke. He, he gives you that chance to choke. And what was interesting in the match against Federer, he did not break Federer's serve once, no. did he? He had 12 break points and Lost he didn't break and he still won the match. Yeah. Now, first of all, that is a, a stark departure from where Federer had been with his own serve, hadn't he? He'd been getting 50-odd percent, low 50s percentage first serves in yeah. against everybody else yeah. and then he managed to get 67% of them in against Djokovic but he still I mean look I don't think it's a massive letdown for Federer that he lost that match ultimately I think, I think he's think got he, what he went to Paris for he was searching mm. in Paris yeah. wasn't he and he found something and maybe it was the serve I think because yeah. the serve without his serve he it seems to affect all aspects of his game really he seems to push more and make errors but if he's rolling through service games he becomes a lot more effective does that on match return games? It seems. Does that match in the fact that it was so close? I mean, I think I maybe you, David. A lot of us were just sort of handing Djokovic the O2 trophy um, a week or so ago. I still think he's the very heavy favourite. But does the closeness of that match with Federer in Paris and the fact that he lost the final does it change the complexion? far look ahead to the O2 at all? I don't think it changes my general view of it no I I I just I think that uh, with a a week of refueling and refreshing for for Djokovic he comes in as as the heavy favourite I think Federer might feel differently that's the one thing I would uh, that's the the change of complexion that I think we might see is that he feels differently about himself and because he hasn't been playing very well for for most of the year actually no. I know he, he won we talked about it he won Basel and yet he still didn't play that well the only time he's played really well was at the start of the year and, got, and so you know maybe this is the moment that he just starts to feel it coming back you know we haven't got that much sort of data on Federer for the year because he's got what I think two top 10 wins all year which is the fewest of anyone in the London field so we don't really know how he's going to cope against these guys. I mean, yeah. I think he'll cope well. He tends to always get out of the group in London. I think he has every year. But should say, incidentally, if you're listening to this and thinking, why haven't we told you what the London field is? It hasn't happened yet as we speak to you. It's going to be made it's ha- it's ha- today, It's happening it? on The One Show. It is. The One Show on BBC One. Live on The One Show. 7pm. Last year. Do you remember what happened last year? It was on the radio and Boris oh. Becker was 45 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> they nearly didn't get it on air. I was... Because the was, show almost... I was sitting there about. waiting for it, doing the tweets. Oh, God, come on, hurry up, Boris. And did they, did they declare that that's why they were delaying yes. it? Yes, yeah. they made a thing late of it. Oh, yeah. Bo- yeah. Boris. Bo- and was Boris late yeah. due to reasons outside of his control it was traffic I believe 
traffic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. there are the no car. there are no apps to predict traffic. No. Are there? No, 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 no such <laughs> technologies. He, he got his predictions a bit wrong. <laughs> put it that way. Traffic happened, and he was uh, he was late. Right uh, but then, yeah, Paul, so that's it, not going to. Ha- who do you mean? Is someone going to be on the one? Does anyone know how it's going to happen on the one? Don't show? know. I don't know. No, exciting. We'll but the good news out. is, but the, the, by, by the time, time everyone's listening, listening everyone to this, know, yeah. you'll know. Yeah. Good yeah. promotion, anyway. Well done for setting that up. It's quite, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, it's, yeah. Sue Barker was on BBC One this morning. It's all happening. We're expecting Nadal to be in the field. We are, so that would be interesting if Djokovic and Federer are in the same group, because that Ooh. that happened a few years ago, and I they th- played each other twice, didn't and they? And I thought it was a bit of a letdown both times. I I quite like the idea of just sort of building to one match and. I think it's difficult to play with that big match intensity twice in the same week. I don't know. It's a, it's a slightly odd dynamic, but so I I, I kind of hope they're in different groups. But you know, we'll find out. So it's going to be. Very, I mean, Nadal's not played since the US Open. That's going no. to be. We, yeah. we are we we are strongly, despite the fact that he's not played since New York, we are strongly expecting him to. But he's talking up a big game about playing it was a stomach um an abdominal issue that caused him so it's not something it's not one of his more chronic (laughs) issues but Uh, i mean if you remember a year ago he played didn't he play just one match and and then he and then he had to to withdraw and i don't know i i just i think it's a big ask to expect him to be ready and firing at, at that level with nothing before the 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 event which Makes the alternate spots interesting, potentially. Yeah. Mm. Isno and then Hakshanov. Yeah. Filling those two yeah. spots. You just, just did a different pronunciation. I did, I know. Yeah. I, this, that's the fifth, I think. We'll let it go. It's his first podcast. Uh, Hakshanov, um, we should just touch on him just more generally, what we think this will lead to. I mean, I did a pole vault this morning. Oh, did you? Thrilled to know. Um, actually, you ended up getting really involved with one the other day, didn't you? We'll get onto that in a minute. I um, didn't vote. No, but you made a very detailed A big contribution. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll get on to yeah, that in a second. Yeah, with words, which is precisely what you can't do in a pole vault. <laughs> However, make a detailed, nuanced people argument. People love it, you see, yeah. Catherine. And I can see you're mm. just starting to move towards it now. <laughs> Crikey, you should see the look in her eye. Anyway, uh, I said, who's going to be the first to win a slam out of Hatchinov, Zverev, Tsitsipas, or will none of them win one? Oh, well, did anyone vote for none of them are going to win one? Yeah, I think, 90%. You know, I think some people did. Yeah. Well, who's going to be winning slams in five well, years' time? Yeah. Troublemakers were voting. Who do they think going to... don't know. I actually was. I actually went to Nicholas a. Nicholas but like, who do they think? I went to a bonfire night barbecue last night with somebody who doesn't know anything about tennis, and she said she votes in every one of my pole vaults. <laughs> oh, great! Well, that gives them credibility, doesn't it? <laughs> Consider me convinced. Why did I say that? Um, so, what do you think? Uh, did you know um, Hatchinov is currently getting the most of the votes? Recency bias. Recency bias. It is yeah. recency bias, but he's. He's already shown me more at a slam with what he did in New York than Zverev ever has. He's shown me a, a, a grit that I haven't seen from Zverev. Mm. So you I, think, I think he's he going to win one before I think he has more technical flaws in his game. Um, the, 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 backhand is, the backhand is a weakness. I don't think it's as much of a weakness. I remember, remember when he played Murray, Murray at, at the French, the French Open yeah. a couple of years ago. When Murray was world number one, feels like a million years ago now. He ended up losing to Vavrinka in the semi-finals, and we know now he was doing that on one hip. Um, 
I remember having a, a, a off the record chat with Mats Verlander after that match around. Can it go on the record around now? Eurosport Towers? I didn't. I didn't think it was particularly sensitive information, but he was not impressed overall in, in terms of the very, very top going to the very, very top of the game. He was not impressed with Hatchinov's game and particularly his backhand he thought the working with Gallo Blanco as much as he's a great coach was probably not best for him he thought he was it was too much of a clay court game and he wasn't max doing the right things to maximize it um, I haven't revisited that chat with with Matt since and now he's working with Vedran Martic who coached Goran Ivanisovic yeah, who I which haven't I think, seen since then which I think can only be a good thing. Some, Very interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I do think that backhand is less of a weakness. Doesn't so, he move well? But I, I, he moves so well for a big guy. I think he's six six mm. and and burly. He's a burly six. His defence, because he also seems to have good hands. He seems yeah. to be able to feather the ball back on the backhand side. You know, he's able to just manipulate positions of defence to, to keep rallies going. And I think that that took Djokovic a bit by surprise yesterday yeah I think he won that first set didn't he with a no he got the break in the first set with with a sort of backhand bunt down the line on the run that you would associate with Djokovic really I mean it was fantastic yeah and if he can keep going if he can keep some momentum going without accumulating that baggage the problem is Verev has baggage, doesn't he, already? At the ripe old age so, of 22. He's so confident. In Grand you, Slams. I'm not sure that he's taking much notice of it. Is it blustered, the confidence? Now? I don't I, know. I think, I think there have to be doubts at the back of it. The fact that he's brought Lendl in, that says to you, I need something well, to 20, turn me... I'm not a Grand Slam champion in waiting. I need someone to turn me into 2019 that. is the year, isn't it, that we find yeah. out? Yeah. Don't you think? It's just, it's a pass is three years younger than the other two. Yeah. So mm. Two. Two younger than... He's 19. The so others are 22. Young. I think Zverev's yeah, 21. But it's Hachinov is 22, you're right. Yeah. So what do you think? Which one would you go for to win a slam first? I'd probably still go Zverev. So would I. Just, Just about. Me too, but... I think it's there's close. a lot of... If it's not happening in, in six months, I, I do reserve the I right at, to Look how into that. it she is. Yeah, I mean... Because I mean, this is a, a reasoned, nuanced discussion and not a pole vault. That's precisely why I'm into it. Right. I mean, Federer hadn't reached the Grand Slam semi-final at, this, at the stage Zverev's at, so there is precedent for someone to turn it around. Now, I'm not saying Zverev's going to turn it around like Federer did, but he does probably need a bit more time than... Lots of people like to get. So, so the reason to nuanced discussion that Matt started the other day was uh, a, a tweet about camera angles. You showed two camera angles mm. of a tennis court, one higher up in the more conventional sort of looking down on a court from the end, and another one that's sort of more kind of like head height to a, a oh, your head height a six foot seven inch freak. Yeah, um, as though you're in about row six or seven. Yes, maybe. so it's lower down. Now we we wanted to know and one of the I think the lower down one was court one in court Paris one. wasn't it yeah. and we see that angle added at certain tournaments as well and occasionally used by directors as part of the coverage and and so quite a lot of the commentators I think love to see that people that that follow the game like to see that that angle because you get to see well I mean Catherine why don't you explain why you like it because you prefer that one don't well you? most critically I uh, it's the trajectory seeing the trajectory of the ball over the net. Um, which is it's quite often really quite hard to get a sense of from the sort of standard camera angle. Sometimes, sometimes you, it, it plays tricks on you. Sometimes you think um, 
a ball is you know landing way in and I don't know yeah it can be quite deceiving and it's very very difficult to get a sense of flight of the ball flatness of of the ball shape on the ball which is a big turn of phrase that's used in um, tennis now which generally means literally the shape the shape that the ball makes as it's sort of arcing over the net yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think you get a sense of the power on on it's far more visceral and like being there and it could be novelty it could be a slight novelty factor that makes me biased towards it because we see that camera angle so more scarcely so much more scarcely Um, and it could be the kind of connoisseurs thing maybe for the general viewer the standard I mean there's a reason why Standard camera angle has become the standard mm. camera angle. Yeah, well, um, it, it but personally, be quite I would interesting like to, see to a ask a director, more. wouldn't it, and and find out why they go with one over the other. Um, I mean, I agree with you on all those points. I think the other thing it adds is it just shows you how blooming difficult the sport is mm. and how high up over their shoulders sometimes they're having to try to hit these balls that are high bouncing and and the dexterity and the and the, the sheer force on their joints and and everything that's that's required in order in order to to play the sport personally i i don't think i would like that instead of the other one i i you like them to be both offered perhaps as an alternative no, a red I, alternative. no to be honest i i like to see it used intermittently throughout a match i, I want to see i like it when there's a director who just sometimes says right i'll tell you what we're going to show the next two points on this on this mm. camera you know, and and you then get to see it, or or if you uh, see a full r- replay of the rally from that angle in real time rather than slow motion or something like that. What do you think, Matt? I'd say as well. I mean, I tend to watch quite a lot of tennis on quite a small device. Sometimes, sometimes on a, an iPad or even on my phone. Sometimes, and in in that instance, I actually prefer the the higher angle. I think the the lower angle works quite well if you've got a big screen and it can be quite an immersive experience and you almost feel like you do almost feel like you're there a little bit as you said watching all the different different sort of spins yeah, I think that's on the ball. That's a very good point actually. Um, yeah. The other and a lot of the people on on Twitter who were replying to the tweet I sent out were saying almost something in between the two. I do think the Paris high one is sort it's of too high. almost too yeah. high. Whereas the a lot of complaints one, about that at the US Open yes, weren't there on the, the new court. On the, on the new, new Louis, 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 Louis Armstrong court. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one I used to like was Cincinnati. They used to have a good camera angle, but I noticed this year they'd changed it and it was higher up. But there used to be, a, I don't know if you can think back to matches at Cincinnati. This, this, is, this is why he's grad Matt, isn't this it? This is deep dive This stuff, is deep dive tennis chat. Wow. i got a headache. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. I, t- actually, I, t- I tend to do this. I think the lower, the lower angle of the camera as well reminds me a bit of some of the movie directors that put you in the eyes of, a, of, of the actor. Mm. And it, I, I do think you can get a little bit it can put you off a bit. It can give you a bit of a headache if you're just watching these sort of jerky movements and so forth. Oh, like being in the IMAX. Yeah. Worst so, headache I've ever had after I went to the IMAX. So, Crikey. you know, there we are. I, I, I say a combo. Twice as much yeah, as I think for a normal combo. cinema and it came out with a headache. All right. Okay. No IMAX vouchers for Catherine <laughs> for Christmas, Matt. All right. Yeah. No. So. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Um... Uh, just to d- do and dust Paris before oh, yeah. we move on, uh, Jack Sock reached the quarterfinal, which I think surprised everyone. He sort of salvaged a little bit of respectability. Everyone had already written the story about him crashing out in the first round and going outside the world's top uh, 150. He made the quarterfinals. He's still outside the top 100. And I think it's going to be very... Will he make main draw Aussie Open? It's tight, I it's think. It's very isn't it? tight. Yeah. So a, we could see Jack Sock in Aussie Open qualities. There is a US wild card, I think, isn't there? But in, giving that to Jack Sock know, over yeah. a young June, I, I mean, know. that'll be interesting. I, I have to say, I, it's one of the most dramatic falls from grace, rankings-wise, for a non-injured player that I can remember. Um, mm. what, what, what we've seen with Jack Sock, who was in the ATP finals a year ago and is now maybe, well, on the absolute brink for, for the Australian Open main draw... I suppose Ernest Gorbis does it on a yearly basis, but, <laughs> yeah. but he's done it. He has also had a lot of injuries. But, yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. just a I special suppose, case. I suppose Jeannie Bouchard, another one. Yeah. yeah, that's she, the closest comparison. She's building away. She is getting back. Bit by bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that she's actually playing these lower tournaments mm. now. The thing about, the one caveat I would say with Jack Sock is he, he wasn't really in the London picture until Paris mm. last year. That that maybe gave him winning Paris gave him a little bit of a false ranking perhaps mm. I suppose especially when you consider he was on the end of one of the all time 
chokes you could say against Kyle Edmund during that tournament exactly. that would have I mean, really changed yeah. things rather dramatically yeah. um, next gen finals we touched upon it a little bit I'm going to try and elicit predictions from you Okay. Um, the two the groupings are group A Sitsipas, TFO, Munar, Herkatch, old Huey that we know loads about group B Duminor, Fritz, Rublev Caruana <laughs> Yeah, who's yeah. the Italian? Yeah, wild that guy. Card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I um, know about him. Uh, who's winning it? I think Sitsipas. Incidentally, will win. Shapovalov pulled out because he's tired. Yeah, I think Sitsipas will win it. I think he. Yeah. I he's, think what I like is that he's. He could have gone near. Well, not quite the same as Verev last year because he hasn't made the ATP finals, but he's not far away. He could have gone the the route of, nah, too big for this. Um, Absolutely, and hmm. especially. I don't want to cast too many aspersions on the exhaustion levels of Denis Shapovalov, but it's obviously not a specific injury. He obvi- it's, you know, the fact that he said exhaustion, he could have taken himself there and yeah. put himself through it. As was, we've referenced, Hatchinov was exhausted himself last year. Everyone's blooming exhausted, aren't yeah. they? Um, you know, I wonder what someone like Sitsipas, whose ranking is far superior to Denis Shapovalov, thought when... Dennis pulled out you know I think there's a there's a bit of Federer in Sitsipas in the way he just loves it all loves the game yeah. loves the travel loves the experiences I mean maybe he sugarcoats it occasionally because of I mean his tweets and etc are very lavish but I'm not sure he does I actually just think this is him I think he's a different character to many that we see on the circuit and I think he's embraced tennis and, and the world that comes with it and, and I just think I wouldn't be surprised if he if he goes into that tournament and said, right, this is another stepping stone for me. I'm going to show these kids who's the boss. Matt? Yeah, I think going to go for the big Caruana prediction? <laughs> no. Don't even know that guy's first name. Anyone? Anyone? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Dimonor would be the, the only other one who I would look at that list and think he could really challenge Sitsipas. I mean, mm. I do think the format means that you could get a bit more of a random winner, perhaps. Um, Interesting. Um, R- Rublev's not had a... I think he's been injured injury. as well, yeah. Injured, he, he has been injured. be interesting to see where he's at. Because um, yeah. I, I thought he could kick on this year, but he hasn't really. But obviously, obviously, the injuries, but... Diminor. Liam Caruana Liam. is his name. Oh, that yeah. famous that, Italian yeah. name. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Told you his name. Liam. 20 years old. <laughs> So there you All go. right then, that was not what I was expecting. Um, Dimonor, interesting uh, interview with him in the Telegraph. Yes, to, out today, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our partners, the Telegraph. Uh, Charlie Eccleshare, who is well known to all podcast listeners, um, did an interview with Alex Dimonor, who comes across as a lovely lad and perpetually young, um, as we've talked about. Very happy with his speed across the court, but fascinating to me was that, that he reckons that he wasn't a quick junior. He wasn't when he was fifteen. He reckons he wasn't super fast, and that he was a bit uncoordinated. He said I had big feet, etc., etc. Now I remember the first time I ever saw Leighton Hewitt um, when he he qualified for the I think did he qualify for the Australian Open or he was given a wild card in '97 and he won. Um, Adelaide in 98 beating Agassi and Jason Stoltenberg I'd never seen anybody as quick in my life they're arguing about who's the quickest between them I think it's very close very close because they both have that they both give you that feeling that there's no way you can reach that ball and then they reach it I remember being told by my figure skating coach that my feet were too disproportionately big 
I remember looking down she at my feet. She me and... to a hockey stick. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. That's a bit mean, isn't it? Well, I think she's probably right at the time. I was like 13, 14, which is it's not a great time for How big girls. Are they? My feet grew much like de minor by the sounds of things. My feet grew before sort of the rest of me did. Well, if you're a hockey stick, what am I? Mine is size 15. Yeah, well, I'm size six and a half, seven. It's not really, is it? No. Anyway, it's it's all about proportions. Okay. Anyway, I feel your pain, Alex. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, go and read that article by Charlie. It's good. Very good. He's out in Milan for the finals. Yeah, he'll, he, Charlie will be in Milan. We'll get a view on what it's like, how it went. Uh, Incidentally, on the next show. what did they do for the draw? It passed me by. Did it just happen <laughs> without? It just happened. It just happened. In an office somewhere. They WhatsApped between them <laughs> as to who it was going to be, and then there it was. Right then. Yeah. And we've uh, got the towel rail. Yes. We, which in, Fernando Vadasco has defended himself, hasn't he? Yeah. About that. Incident. Oh, the poor yeah. PR move. Uh, yeah. Um, and he doesn't agree with the tower rail. No. So there we go. Um, moving on from Paris and Milan to some other bits and bobs uh, from the tennis world this week, Roger Federer has thrown a spanner in the Saudi Arabian works. We have discussed in detail um, the situation with Nadal and Djokovic having committed, and as it stands at the moment, still having committed to play um a state-sponsored exhibition in Saudi Arabia in December. Roger Federer has said they contacted me to play too. Uh, and after uh, being pressed for the reasons behind his decision, uh, he simply said because he didn't play because I don't want to play. It's okay. I'm happy practicing. I'm happy doing other things. I didn't want to play there at that time. So for me, it was a quick decision. Mm. It's... It's interesting that he's said it publicly. I mean, that is... It's interesting that he's said anything about it, I suppose, but I think we maybe... I think maybe it's possible to read too much into what he's saying as if he's trying to make some political statement that he wouldn't have said yes because he didn't say yes. Whenas I read his quotes, because I initially thought, oh, blimey, Federer's coming out and saying that he wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Well... When I actually read the quotes, they read to me as if he's saying, well, I don't really want to go. Yeah, but equally, he would have known the impact of his comments when he made them. You know, I've said this a lot with Federer. He is so aware of everything he's saying, everything he's doing, the impact it'll have, his significance in the sporting and, and other worlds. He, it, Even though he um, sort of mitigated the strength of what he was saying, he would have known that the headlines would have been, they asked me to play and I yeah, didn't I mean, want I sp- to. Yeah, I suppose he could have said, uh, I'm not commenting on, on their yeah. situation at all. Personally, it didn't fit for me. Yeah. Which is kind of what I thought he was saying. But he it, didn't say it explicitly enough to no. to leave that. I mean, I'm sure doubt. Djokovic and and uh, Nadal read those comments and just went, "Oh, for <laughs> doesn't doesn't help them, does it?" Yeah, I'm already in a sort of <laughs> I'm already in a diplomatic situation with Saudi Arabia, and I've got Roger Federer on my back. Um, but anyway, that's just an extra little. Uh, I don't think yeah. we need to go into again our, our feelings on Saudi Arabia and and all the. Um, inner workings of all of that uh, he's also uh, done a big interview with is it the Times magazine Sunday Times, Times Sunday magazine, Times magazine. Yeah. Um, and among many things he's talked about he has given his views on the Serena 
incident debacle. Yeah, quite, quite interesting. Quite interesting because it, it's it's one of those where he's clearly been, or, or the interviewer has clearly been told, and actually has written into the piece that she was told he doesn't want to talk about Serena Williams and what happened at the U.S. Open, and she said. However, when I brought it up, he was too polite not to not to engage and answer, uh, at which point he, he said that he feels um, Federer, or so, that he feels that Serena Williams went too far and, and should have walked away. But he's also said that Carlos Ramos shouldn't have been pushing her. Um, and actually, really, for, for the sort of tennis, real tennis fan, I think probably those are the only really interesting elements to the piece that you may not already know. I mean, it's a decent reminder of everything else about his career and, and who he's become and how he works as, and organizes his life and his twins, etc. It's more a piece for the general reader, hence why it's in the Sunday Times magazine. And it, and it is interesting in that respect regard if i read that sort of piece about a movie star i'd be very interesting because i wouldn't know anything about them um but from our perspective the fact that he kind of went on the record at all and and said that is is yeah it's quite interesting um, yeah he's used the word melange but it like in the yeah. english he's used a anglicized french word in english that yeah. was that was my favorite bit about it <laughs> i mean that is true bilingualness isn't it he's just yes. rubbing it in again yeah. isn't he it's it's that's Bilingual beyond bilingual. Yeah, yeah. As as Djokovic was doing at the weekend, yeah. oh. giving his acceptance speech in French, wasn't he? Crikey, yeah, it's, they, it, it? They, they are extraordinary. Mm. Uh, he's fluent in Italian as well, I think. Djokovic yeah. oh. does he always speaks a bit of Chinese. Doesn't yeah, he, it makes us all feel bad. Um, other bits and bobs to mop up. We've covered Ash Barty winning in Zhuhai. She beat. Kyung uh, Wong Kyang in the final whose end of year has just been brilliant fantastic. another person who probably needs to not go to the Maldives yeah. and just mm. keep playing and play all her events in Asia <laughs> yeah be interesting to see whether I she mean, can you can almost do that in the WTA can, she, can yeah. she bring this out at the start of next year it would be a great story if yeah. she could oh it would be so, it'd be oh, so good I mean the Australian Open will be willing they her could do to with success that. they could do with Naomi do Osaka doing well as the, the Grand, Grand Slam, Slam of Asia Pacific yeah, so, so many of their sponsors are Asian you know Kia's their biggest sponsor aren't they I mean yeah that would I mean Craig Tiley is sitting there praying for Wong Kiang yeah. and Naomi Osaka um, Fed Cup final is coming up it will not feature on the US side any of their top players it won't feature even Coco Vandeweghe who mm. you'd think she'd be desperate although she's to way down in the rankings now she I'm, is, I'm not sure whether that would have dismissed her from the argument or not I would, yeah. have, thought, I would have thought she would have still been in there because of her experience if, yeah, if I would have thought so proud, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she did give an, an interview recently um, on the Racket uh, podcast in which she was saying that how much it took out of her last year playing that David, that Fed Cup final mm. and that it really wrecked the first part of her year. But that was at the end of a very intense year. It yeah. has not been that this year. But maybe if she's come away with sort of bad feelings mm. from it then um, so uh, Madison Keys, Sloane Stevens, they're not playing Serena Venus they're not playing uh, the US team is Danielle Collins Sophia Kennan Alison Risk and Nicole Melikar which with the greatest of respect I'm going to call that a depleted US team yep. mm. um, and the Czech team by contrast is Petra Kvitova Karolina Pliskova Katerina Siniakova and Barbora Stritzova but Pliskova has withdrawn through injury saying she felt pain in Singapore yeah. so she got that wrapped up during yeah. Singapore hadn't she who I'm will not... replace Pliskova would it be Kretsch she's yeah. the doubles player yeah um, uh, for, for the you know she's part of the world number one doubles pairing um, I'm, I'm, I thought she might be in the team 
anyway. Yeah. With that ready-made doubles pain. There's Christina Pliskova, I suppose. Yeah. She's not had a very good time no, with things of late. Like, that sort of extra single. Safarova, what's she up to? Yeah. She's good doubles player. Obviously as well. not not done so well of late either. Beneath Barbara Stritzova, I'm just having a quick look down at the rankings to find the next. I mean, there, there's no chick. shortage of depth. But the, there's there's nobody else in the top fifty. Um, and actually, I'm going right the way down here. And there's, While there's you're not doing that, that David, Matt, do you give USA any chance at all in that Fed Cup final? Von Drusheva is, Ooh, number, is number But I think 67. she's already on a Maldives holiday. Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know whether she <laughs> Well, they've got to do them, in. haven't they? You know? <laughs> Um, not much chance. Percentage. I mean, give me give me data, Matt. Percentage. Um, data. Um, 15 where, where, what, what are your thoughts they're so strong what, are, what are your Cup. thoughts on the fact that, that, that Sloane Stevens has not put a hand up for the Fed Cup final um, the fact that the Williams sisters have not put their hand up Madison Keys has withdrew from her semi-final in due high she said during that event that she didn't want to say yes to the team and then knowing that she got a bit of an ongoing issue not play I sort of pointed out well she's Prioritised Zhuhai ahead of the Fed Cup final, which is a pro- which has happened before, and it, and it, I find that problematic. I get it from a tennis player's point of view: points, prize money, all the rest of it. They get fined if they don't play Zhuhai. Fifty thousand dollars, they'd get fined. Um, do they? I didn't yes, know that. They, they do. It's it's a it's one of those that they have a real commitment to. But this is a woman who's won two point three million dollars this year. Um, I find it disappointing, personally. That, but I also understand completely that the calendar is so problematic. It is so long as a year. That it's if a you add, lot less long and problematic on the women's side than on the men's it side, is, though. But, but I do get the problem. But how we're in a situation where the preeminent team competition in the world is just this, oh, God, I've got to play that as well. Mm. You yeah, know, they don't even disguise. They don't no. even disguise even, that and, that's and, their you know, view on I, it. I have yeah. no quite doubt that Madison Keys is fiercely patriotic and wants to win for the United States and all the rest of it, but doesn't end up entering the the thing. You know, it, it's it ends up being a box ticked like last year for Sloane Stevens, and then she doesn't play in it this year in the final. Yeah. And and I th- I have a real problem with that. And it's not just a problem with her; it's a problem with the system that ends up creating this sort of situation as well. And it's just deeply unsatisfactory. Yeah, it's a comment. I mean, I I have a, a modicum of sympathy because the the structure of the Fed Cup needs so desperately changing, and. As is well documented, I I think it's a terrible shame that the Fed Cup just hasn't been part of the conversation of the requirement for changes in in team competition. I know there's been a pledge that it will be addressed, but why why it was left on the shelf until last, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, it, it's not it's not player friendly, it's not viewer friendly, it's not really anyone friendly at the moment. The Fed Cup, however, for none of them to stick their hands up and want want to play or even even really express any kind of sentimental or emotional support for that event is immensely disappointing. And I think part of the problem is the precedent's kind of been there for so long with the Williams sisters not having any commitment to it at all. That well, they certainly can, sporadic anyway. They yeah. have played, but it, it is, it's just not part of the I'm definitely going to be playing every year. No, which is ironic, isn't it? Because we think of the US as sort of the most patriotic, nationalistic country in the world, or certainly one of them, and yet there is this real um, hesitancy around the team competitions. Mm. Um, so it's 
it's really it's not on the men's side actually i can't think of i mean the, uh, during the the pete sampras didn't play that much uh, davis cup but in recent years roddick blake marty fish brian brothers yep. um sam query john isn't, isn't it? they yeah. play Absolutely. every yeah. single yeah. time they're asked to play don't yeah. they um, but you know, and yet they're they're ones that are fiercely behind the year-end type Davis Cup mm. finals, which is quite interesting. So anyway, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if we could uh, if we could get that sorted for the future because it's a terrible look for the. For yeah, the sport. It's, it's that is a tough sell for for the ITF now that Fed Cup final. I feel for them mm. um, that to to have to you know how do you how do you shine up that US team and sort of pitch well, it as the ultimate or, uh, culmination of a team competition you all you, you can do is say it's a great opportunity for those players to win for their country um, and there's nothing else but you can do but on the world stage to yeah. make people take notice it's, of that it's, it's the same problem that, that, that we've talked about at the Davis Cup isn't it absolutely mm. yeah. and, it's, um, and it's worse with the Fed Cup oh mm. ten times worse yeah. and yet people have felt that it's more more critical and urgent to, to deal with Davis the uh, Davis Cup. David, you're looking at your watch. Yeah. Uh, we don't have much time left, no. but you do want to talk about Todd Reed. Yes, just very briefly. I, I forgot to do this last week. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, Todd Reed was a Wimbledon junior champion in 2002. I remember covering his run to the third round at the Australian Open um, for the BBC and news reached the tennis world about 10 days ago that he had died and it was just devastating news for obviously all of the people that had known him coming up and and his family and his friends and we just wanted to send our condolences to them if you want to read more about todd reed um there's a piece by darren walton of australian associated press a colleague of ours who who had played golf with him only a couple of weeks ago knew him well and has written a a lovely piece about him Uh, i do urge you to, to have a look at that but uh, yeah we just wanted to send our warmest wishes very well said david i think um that is where we'll leave this week's tennis podcast next week we'll be back with well you won't be able to get rid of us next week no o2 preview <laughs> yeah o2 preview plus i think daily pods from oh, the o2 well something I'm, close anyway you, you'll get you'll get more than your fair share stuff is coming of tennis podcast next week yeah. Matt will feature I'll be there unless we yeah. scared you off yeah. with our bickering unless, I think the, the media I, th- I think the mediation works I think there's something to be said for this yeah well, we haven't argued for about <laughs> half an hour <laughs> uh, Matt it's been a pleasure thank, thank you thank you very much um, thanks to the Sir John Balcom pub uh for hosting us for hosting us yeah. I mean we still have to pay for our drinks but yeah. they're nice provided a nice table in the corner um, and uh, yeah we've been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph uh, read Charlie Eccleshire's article he's also written something about Novak Djokovic which I haven't had a chance to read yet but there is something about Theresa May in the headline as well which Must yeah, read it's, it. it's put it on, he put it on my to read list um, and yeah our executive producers Melanie Bowes Triple S TennisBalls.com Charlie the Ferret La Manga Club I think that's it we'll be back next week Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 